Well, hello. Welcome back and thank you for joining me. This is David Williams on the radio on behalf of uh, Great Spirit, All My Relations, Relay Marathon, Walk, and Caravan. And thanks again to Jason Brodsky and Melissa Ballin for setting this up for me. I'll be doing this, trying to do it weekly on Sundays at noon, local time, wherever I am, going across country, hitting 21 cities, not hitting, but walking around the block as a prayer for peace in each of 20 cities to help initiate or stimulate, inspire the creation of community peace councils to further the concept of obtaining personal peace through the practice of unconditional love, leading to peace in the community and peace in the world. And we're collecting proclamations along the way. Started in Santa Barbara. Our mayor gave us a proclamation on March 11th, recognizing the great law of peace and the tree of peace symbol in Santa Barbara. The message that we're carrying along with the Hopi Declaration of Peace and four other symbols uh, that stand for global cultures of peace, precedents for creating a culture of peace and peace in our near future. So we went already, walked around the block in Santa Barbara, May 8th, uh, around Tucson on the 29th of May, and around uh, Flagstaff on the 31st, in each case asking the mayors for a proclamation inspired by a proclamation from Santa Barbara mayor, this time asking for the proclamation that everyone can sign individually as well for planning a season of unity, harmony, and peace. And that will be on the website uh, and the Facebook page. Look on social media, we're all across, we're listed as hashtag GR8, numeral 8, Spirit Relay. That's GR8, Spirit Relay, Great Spirit Relay. And um, so basically the schedule from here is to go to Santa Fe, walk from the City Hall, ask the mayor for a proclamation, walk at noon. So noon to one event. So we'll talk at City Hall for 20 minutes, walk to the state capitol for 20 minutes, then talk at the state capitol for 20 minutes as an initial organizing uh, forum to create the local community peace council and to ask each of the mayor and the governor for their proclamation of a season of unity, harmony, and peace. So I'm here today, uh, then I'm supposed to mention the whole schedule, but I'll say it's after uh, Santa Fe, then uh, on the 7th, then we're going to add Taos, walk around the block, Taos City Hall on the Friday, June 8th, and then I head this to Pierre, South Dakota, the capital, do the walk around the walk from City Hall to the state capital of South Dakota on Flag Day, June 14th. This to offer the message uh, a piece and to get their message a piece to car carry on. And then do a Standing Rock Summer Solstice, June 22nd to 24th, Standing Rock Medicine Wheel Living Park Summer Solstice Festival. By that name and find it. And planning to join there, Jose Munoz, the Mayan calendar keeper, who's putting up the second installation of the new Mayan calendar display, uh, Dreamcatcher that depicts the Mayan calendar, the sixth sun calendar for the next 26,000 years, starting December 12, 2012. So then uh, after that, it's uh, on to the Rainbow Gathering the first week of July, 
in the southeast somewhere on July 11th. The Ocean Lotus Peace Walk from the Carter Center in Atlanta to the King Center. And then the next day, June, July 12th, the long distance marathon walk, run, bicycle ride, motorcycle, every way you can, which way you get there on time, a series of cities on the way to Washington, D.C., August 20th to 28th, Spiritual Unity Summit, a forum for global peace, held in the camp in the Greenbelt Park, Greenbelt National Park campground, uh, 12 miles or so outside D.C., and then a final walk on the 29th of August and offering the Peace Bowl ceremony August 30th to the, with the president in the circle and offering all the messages that we've accumulated and distilled towards the waking up the mind of people and embracing this message of peace through the practice of love. So I'm here today, and I try to remember to mention all that again at the end, but I'm here today with uh, my friend, the Hopi Messenger, who the same clan, the Coyote clan, Wolf Fox and Coyote clan, that was Thomas Banyakya. And um, this is their messenger clan that uh, they're supposed to bring the message out to the public. Other clans have a lot of knowledge, but they're not, that's not their duty. And I'm going to introduce this just by uh, talking about how I came across the whole um, theme of Hopi prophecy and um, a little background into why this place I'm at is so important to me in, in my life. Um, my, my introduction to the first time I ever heard anything or read anything about the Hopi was what, uh, when I was in 1975, I was in Mexico, and I happened on this book called Warriors of the Rainbow, and I read it, and I was, it kind of blew my mind, because before then, I'd been a straight thinking, so to speak, scientist. Uh, my background's in chemistry. Uh, we, science tends to rely on logic and reason. Uh, this leads to that and so forth. And uh, knowledge is accumulated. You know, the more you learn and facts you gather, that it builds up your mind, and then you're smarter, and you can make more intelligent decisions and do better things. That was the idea uh, I came to from Western science till 1975. And I read this book, and the theme of it was that, wow, look, if you take a certain perspective that there's one source, of whatever you call that source of intelligence, that's behind every... Uh, all the world's religions and uh, spiritual traditions and indigenous cultures and everything in the spirit comes from somehow one place, time, source. If, if you subscribe to that notion, then if you look at the various prophecies of the various indigenous cultures and major and minor religions around the world, as summarized in this book by Baha'i faith members, that were one an Eskimo and one a writer, a botanist, and they were impressed by the fact that this word in Hopi for the, the true white brother, quote unquote, is supposed to come back and make a big change in history. Bahana is close in pronunciation to Baha'u'llah, the founder of their religion. But in any case, with that as a caveat, it, uh, their theme just that there is an intelligent source that people can tune into through dreams, meditation, some other methods besides reason and logic. And that anyone can access that intelligent source and have over centuries and millennia all around the world, and it's just filtered through to share with the public in the various languages and cultures that those messages came out from. 
So the, the central chapter in this book, Warriors of the Rainbow, which the title means people who bring a non- teaching of nonviolence and a way of peace, that's the Warriors of the Rainbow. That's what the why the name of the book. But uh, it's hard to, you know, warrior means the fighting, so it's not a good, you know, overall maybe theme. But anyway, the central chapter in the book was about the Hopi prophecy. And I didn't realize at the time when I when I read it, but um, it made a deep impression on me. And so two years later, in 1976, when uh, I... This is the first time that I ran across Thomas Bonyakia, the Hopi interpreter. And he came to speak at a conference in Los Angeles that the uh, International Cooperation Council gave. I missed the conference but got to see a video of it the next month in February when I moved back to Santa Barbara after being gone to Mexico um, in early 76. I saw it in February, a videotape of Thomas's talk, 45-minute talk to 500 people in a big auditorium with lights on the stage. He probably couldn't see the faces in the audience the way it was set up. And I was amazed that he just stood there all that time giving this hypnotically monotone, informative message about the Hopi prophecy, but in such a a low tone. You could you could see on the video people were nodding off and it appeared to me that he went through this whole 45 minutes and never blinked. His eyes were like brims full of water at the point of tears, but he never, to my knowledge, never blinked. So my first reaction was, wow, who is this guy? What kind of guy is this? So he comes to Santa Barbara later in in, uh, in, uh, May 28, 1976, and delivers the same talk, but with a little little, little more uh, tone, you know, in a smaller group, but uh, in one part of his talk, he goes, in both cases, the recording and in person, he goes, it, it, the whole talk is a monotone, real slow. This one part turns to like an urgent plea, and he goes like this, this part, and the, and the, the true white brother will be coming to the Hopi land very soon, wearing red and bringing many new inventions. So in both the recorded talk and in person, that was the only time when he broke from this unemotional kind of, I'll call it monotone. And when he did that in person, when you, how you look around the room and people, when, you, when the speaker's talking, he looks around the room, makes eye contact with people one at a time. The last one he looked eye contact with me is when he said that one phrase, in the true white weather, we come to the Hopi land very soon, wearing red and bringing many new inventions. Well, I knew my Tetron theory, this physics, chemical physics of consciousness equations theory would result in many new inventions. I knew at that time it wasn't completed yet, but I got zapped. When he looked at me in the eye and said that, I got chills up and down my spine. I go to my uh, partner, Carolyn, well, maybe we should, you know, die afterwards. Maybe I tell her we should dye something red representing this investigation of this prophecy thing. You represent the women, be the men, go there, dye something red, just see what happens. Uh, okay. And then uh, we go to my lab, uh, my university, get a couple of white cotton lab coats, the last ones they had. And we decide, uh, okay, we're going to go up to north somewhere. To First, what happened is that lasted, in my mind, about two or three days. Then I got cold feet. 
I'm going, well, this is crazy, you know, prophecy, what's that all about? You know, who would people think I think I am if I try to do something like this? I'll be too embarrassed. But Carolyn believed in me. And so I couldn't just say, oh, well, I changed my mind. I, so I said, look, this is such a heavy thing. I don't know prophecy. I'm a scientist, whatever. Let's go somewhere on the mountaintop and I'll meditate and pray for a sign from God. And if I get something, then I'll know it's the right thing to do and I'll have to go through with it, embarrassed or not. Then if nothing happens, then we'll just forget the whole idea and do something else. This is, in my mind, this is my way of of kind of um, relieving the pressure I felt. So she said, well, my friend has a their caretaker Boy Scout Girl Scout camp up by San Francisco. Let's go up there. So we went up there, stayed overnight. Next day, I walked up on top of this mountain overlooking the San Francisco Bay. And I'm all relaxed and happy, thinking, oh, I think I'm going to be able to get out of this awesome awkward, embarrassing commitment or idea that I've, this wonderful partner, woman, my wife of future children supporting me. So I go up to the top of the mountain and I'm thinking, oh, well, whatever happens, I'm at peace. So I sit down, do my meditation, get to my levels, we call them, and, you know, 10, 15 minutes I'm meditating as if I'm sitting in the Hopi land at the symbol of their I envision this symbol in the ground where there's the center of the universe symbol. Then five, ten minutes later, I open my eyes and I see there's a column of smoke has formed on the edge of the San Francisco Bay. And it looks like an exclamation point without a dot at the bottom. And then I look at it and then it turns into a fire at the bottom, a little dot, and then it turns into a brush fire. And over a period of time, it starts raging up toward the canyon toward me. And I'm ready to run down the mountain on the other side, but it veers off to the left. The wind changes, and the borate bombers come over and drop all this red borate solution all over it. So I run down the mountain and say, hey, guess what happened? And we drive off to you know, head back to Santa Barbara to get the rest of our things to, to dye our lab coats red and go to the Hopi land. Well, get off the off of Santa Cruz. The transmission in the car locks up, screeches to a halt the side of the road. We leave the car, walk into town spread out some papers on the table at this coffee shop place, meet a guy who's a graduate student, ready to do some adventure after a religious studies degree just finished. He takes us to the Hopi land. First, he takes us to an all-one-family union gathering at Harbin Springs. We dye our lab coats. Then fires break out in the gathering. They put them out, and we leave, four of us. They drop us off here at this campground in Oribe, Wash, June 24th, 1976, after... We did a consultation out of Keynes Canyon and I typed up with my mom's old typewriter this document for Barbara Marks Hubbard's United States 200th anniversary Cape Canaveral conference. So we wrote this document and I called it in on the phone on June 24th from the trading post, the store there in New Arrivi. And it went into the document, went into Congress and all this with four of our input, mostly me, ideas, sharing with people in the agreed room. And then I stayed here, we stayed here, Carolyn and I, for a couple of months. She went back to Santa Barbara for a week or so. And then I met uh, Banyakya and got information on the four-page letter that provided the details for that central chapter on the prophecy and had all kinds of strange experiences, uh, one of which is, and this, this summer set the tone, really, of my life work. The, where I'm sitting right now is on June se- July 17th, 1976, this guy had shown up from the Rainbow Gathering the night before and wanted to meet Thomas Banyakia. I said, I saw him at the Kachina dance 
this, the, today, the Saturday, maybe he'll be here tomorrow. We'll take you over there. So then that next day, this 18th Sunday, we walk over. Thomas isn't home. He's out on a trip. We go to the Kachina dances and we watch him. And it's this, it's the Comanche Kachinas, I find out later, the same ones that appeared yesterday in Hota Villa, but I didn't know that. But my mind was blown. I so much I didn't remember what the what the Comanche Kachinas looked like, or actually their sound, because the experience I had, this Bible-thumping James Horsley came from the Rainbow Gallery, talking about revelations and all this, and Jesus and so forth. And I said, to my mind, you're a little too much for you to handle. I want to introduce you to the pastor at the Mennonite Church and let you guys talk about Bible prophecy, and I'll, I'll see if there's anything I can learn or if any two people agree about this stuff. And so we went, to, we prepared the next morning to go, and then I saw my first double rainbow in my whole life, right here to the to the left, to the to the uh, the east of the wash in the morning sun, and uh, it lasted a long, long time. And James and I just just started walking the mile into New Arrivi. Then we go to the Thomas there, go to the Kachina dances. We stand on each side, one of us, on each side of these posts where the Kachinas come in and out to the dance arena. And then we get this eerie feeling that we're somehow symbolically connected somehow. He and I are our missions there. Then we talked about it later. We both, at one point, we look at each other in the eyes with an eerie look. We look behind us, and there's no sound yet, but you can see these two other Kachinas coming. They look like they're holding like little Christmas trees. And they're, a little while you could hear them singing when they came. And they went between us, and they went in the arena, and the clowns that were different than the one, I think the mud had ones of the clowns yesterday, but these were the different ones. They were striped ones. And they tend to the dancers. But the, something special about these two Kachinas came in. They wouldn't even face them. They wouldn't look at them. There was like something spooky special about these two Kachinas that came in, the way they were treated. So then we stayed there a few minutes, wondered when they went to a couple of directions and did their song. We wondered what it was. Then the church bell rang, so we went over to the Mennonite church, uh, listened to this service, and again, the pastor invited me to lunch and brought James this time, and they talked Revelations and Jesus, and they agreed on things, and then we left. But the interesting thing is, if we went to Kachina dance to that church, it started raining really hard, and then as soon as I touched the door to the church to turn the handle, get us in, instant lightning and thunder, the same moment. So then that was my excuse for not uh, remembering what the what the Comanche Kachinas looked like yesterday, because I was so fixated from that experience on the morning Kachinas. It turns out there's a depiction of one of them on the door to the Hopi Tribal Council office. So um, after that meeting and that experience that summer with Thomas, we tried the next year, 1977, to foment. I did. We organized in Santa Barbara a project called the Hopi Star Project. This was based on the the name of it was based on the idea, partially on the idea that the story of how the Hopi people came to settle here was by being led by a star. This is kind of analogous to the Star of Bethlehem thing. So the idea of a mysterious star that guides an historic event, that was the kind of concept behind the Hopi Star Project, which was originally conceived to build 100 peace centers around the world. 
um, when I got to the Hopi land, I, they were, oh, wow, they're the center of the universe for peace. And I looked around, and there wasn't any one spot, like I thought, where all the villages and everybody, the Hopi, went, oh, yeah, right there, that's the spot. That's our ceremonial center of the universe spot. It didn't exist. So I thought, well, you know, that'd be a great idea if somebody, cre- if that was created, if everybody got behind that, all the different villages and people and all, that'd be a cool thing. So that was the kind of ceremony we left with on August 20th, 1976, um, was for some for the creation of these kind of peace monuments around the world, like similar to what the Japanese monks and different Buddhist monks create with their faith. They build a stupa and they put a little bit of the Buddha's ashes inside, and that's a peace monument, like what was built all over India 2,200 years ago that brought peace and ended warfare at that time then. So over the years with Thomas, um, that didn't work out in 1977. We wanted to bring people here, have a gathering of spiritual people with the Hopi elders and so forth. But the the people who had a vested interest, the, the organizations that were raising money to create people to help everybody, to help the Hopi, so to speak, they all resisted our efforts. And so we never got anywhere. Plus, I was a nobody. But uh, in any case, uh, I worked with them over the years, and uh, because of my relationship with the Japanese Buddhist monks, uh, we we took a peace walk in 1978. Masao Nakashi, my first teacher of the Nipponza Myohoji, from whom I took up the drum and the chanting of the Namo Myoho Rengitio, Nipashi led a peace walk to Santa Barbara, from Santa Barbara, 1978, January, to Santa Monica, to introduce the Japanese monks to, to Banyaka at that time as the interpreter for the Hopi elders. And they had a successful meeting. Uh, we later that uh, February uh, with some friends, Carol uh, Moon and uh, Ed Francia, uh, others from who took us from Santa Barbara, took Napashi to meet Thomas at his house. And then that escalated over the years to visits to Japan. And then the Zen Buddhist monk, Reverend Yusen Yamato, I met in 1978. And through him and his networking with the other sects of Buddhism, particularly the Tibetans, um, we were able to, I was able to be a liaison into English for Thomas over a period of years uh, with Yamato, uh, who's limited English, and then him with the various of the Buddhist people, including His Holiness Dalai Lama, who Yamato met in uh, Ladakh near Tibet and got his... uh, Blessing for the Global Peace Walk initiated in 1995. Um, this uh, project we have carried on, gotten proclamations from various mayors and so forth. And the first, the Taos, uh, New Mexico is the first city that proclaimed itself as a global peace zone in respect of the Global Peace Walk's message of propagating global peace now as a universal human resolve, a universal human prayer. So it's like I've rattled on now for 40, no, for 23 minutes, okay. Um, so what about, so I want to cover. Uh, so then because, because uh, Yamato's connection with the Dalai Lama, we were able to get Thomas Banyaka together with His Holiness several times over in the 80s um, and early 90s uh, for, in ceremony and in meetings. Um, the Hopi, including Grandfather Martin, kept wondering if the Dalai Lama was the one that the Hopi teachings predicted would come with tablets that reconciled with Hopi tablets here. And finally, the 1994 word came back, 
No, we we've asked you asked many times. We told you many times, but definitely we're not the one that has that. Came the response from the Solvinus's office. So, but we were able to um, with the 1990 Rainbow Uprising campaign in Santa Barbara, week of events, Rainbow Uprising of Consciousness, where Banyaka took part with Mohawk Chief Jake Swamp and Chumash elders and community leaders. Week of events culminating in the Tree of Peace ceremony and a walk to the Eternal Flame on campus where the message of peace was delivered, a description of the great law of peace that the Tree of Peace stands for. So this is the message that we're carrying. Uh, there's a Rainbow Uprising campaign. It's called Video on YouTube. You can check out that two-hour edit. Um, so this is the led to, at that time, there was a talk there around the peace flame explaining the Hopi prophecy about the house of Micah and how the elders originally went there in 1948 and figured out that that was the United Nations and the progress to that time on that on yet unfulfilled prophecy, which was indeed fulfilled three years later, the walk, carry, uh, walk for a livable world, global walk for a livable world carried that flame across country to UN. Thomas was able to get there and meet the president of the General Assembly then at the end of 1990, and that led to, in 1991, formal ceremony at the door of the United Nations. Secretary General's secretary came out. William Washburn received the Hopi Paho, the eagle feather, the Hopi passport. Thomas had begun in 1948 for this purpose of opening the door to the House of Micah. Then following the December 10th, uh, 1992, then the first time the indigenous elders, the 82 of them around the world, got to address the United Nations. So now this all this energy, all this message, we're carrying to the White House and to Jerusalem. The reason, uh, brief, briefly from the last time, the last hour I discussed it in more detail, but briefly, the reason for this time, the some people think it's the Don Quixote type effort to bring the message of peace to the president, but the uh, this is uh, based on the idea that that uh, the new Mayan calendar, the special calendar for the next 26,000 years, then uh, Jose Munoz, the calendar keeper, did a reading from this on the presidential candidates in 2016. In, in uh, February, I heard about it, predicting Donald Trump would win and that his cosmic calendar astrology said he had what it take to unite the nation in harmony. So putting those together in February this year, I thought, well, maybe they should get together. And I tried to arrange to bring President Trump to Santa Barbara, and only with you know people that I counted on didn't want it to happen. So this why carrying this message through a spirit relay, act, reactivating Nipashi's project that we worked on in 1986 with the blessing of the Chumash elder Victor Scott Evil Lopez, and uh, Nipashi's great effort with a number of people bring out this concept of relaying the great spirit, people to people, peace through love. So um, I'm going to soon here uh, ask, uh, should I be, should I call you Omar or should I call you Tyler? Omar's fine. Okay. The, the, a lot of the native people have to have been kind of compelled to take Western names to so people can remember it makes sense to the to Tyler is uh my Bahana name. His Bahana name <laughs> and Omal is a Hopi name. Um, in just a few minutes I'm gonna 
introduce him and uh, get his reaction here. I see I've gone uh, 28 minutes into this hour. But before I do, I want to read these the formality here. I want to read you um, the Hopi Declaration of Peace. Well, actually, it's such fine print on this little flyer. I'll, I'll leave that to you. You can uh, check my website, Global Emergency Alert Response. Those are all hyphenated, globalemergencyalertresponse.net, then slash. And small letters T, like Thomas, B, like Banyaka, then Hopi, H-O-P-I, all small letters, .html, then you'll see this and more about him. Um, I'm not going to read my mayor's proclamation at this time. If I have time, I will later. I'm not going more into the schedule, but I do want to explain the meaning of the six symbols on the global peace baton and the global peace pole. These are both objects anyone can make. Just download the graphics, paste them on yours, Xerox the message I'm about to read, put it inside the peace baton, share it with all your message you want to share wherever you can. So this is the explanation of the six global peace pole symbols on the Great Spirit Relay global peace baton. The first one is the Namam Yoho Renge Kyo mantra calligraphy, which represents the Buddha's message of peace accepted by India's King Ashoka 2,200 years ago, who then renounced his previous bloody warfare and violence, leading to 500 years of peace and prosperity throughout India. He built many peace poles and monuments to memorialize the message of peace. That's the first symbol. The second one is symbol it's depicting the wampum belt, which is a symbol of the great law of peace, which is the foundation of the Iroquois Confederacy, which ended centuries of bitter warfare among the indigenous nations a thousand years ago and spiritually united over a hundred indigenous nations for hundreds of years of peace and prosperity among them. The third symbol is the Hopi Declaration of Peace by the traditional Hopi interpreter Thomas Banyaka, the distilled essence of the Hopi prophecy promising inevitable global peace to come. The, sixth, the fourth symbol is a symbol representing the three faiths of Jerusalem spiritually united in peace. This was created for the Christmas 2001 Bethlehem to Jerusalem Peace Walk conducted by members of each of these three faiths as Jerusalem peacemakers, and this symbol was put on the global peace pole by our mayor, Kathy Murillo of Santa Barbara. The next one is the spiritual unity of all faiths symbol created by India's Satya Sai Baba, who built the Lotus Stupa peace pillar pole, peace pole depicted in the center as a symbol of the golden age of peace, unity, and harmony promised to come in the future. And the last one is the symbol of peace, love, and patience from the Mayan Six Sun Sacred Calendar for the next 26,000 years from December 21st, 2012, promising global peace starting in the year 2021. So the proclamation from my mayor, Santa Barbara, I will read. This is... uh, because it's a preface to the next thing. Um, this is dated March 11th, Community Tree of Peace Day. Whereas the UCSB Tree of Peace was planted in 1985 as a symbol of the great law of peace, the foundation of the Iroquois Confederacy after which American democracy was largely patterned, and whereas the city of Santa Barbara recognizes the importance of finding forward-thinking solutions to local peace issues with a global perspective, and whereas the Community Peace Council of Santa Barbara supports Santa Barbara's peace-seeking efforts by promoting personal peace, local peace, and global peace 
while encouraging participation within the local community. Whereas, and whereas, on March 11, 2018, the community is invited to participate in the UCSB Tree of Peace ceremony, including a prayer ceremony recognizing the seventh anniversary of the Fukushima disaster and the installation of the Three Faiths United symbol on the Santa Barbara Peace Bowl for Jerusalem. Now, therefore, I, Kathy Murillo, by virtue of the authority vested in me as Mayor of City Santa Barbara, California, do proclaim March 11, 2018 as Community Tree of Peace Day in Santa Barbara and encourage everyone to strive for peace within themselves and promote peace within the community. In witness thereof, whereof I have hereunto set my hand and caused the official seal of the city of Santa Barbara on the 6th day of March, 2018. So she issued this on the 6th, read it on the 11th. And the, the, the 5th is when I announced this. I was going to start on the 6th. So she instantly, one day, took my draft, created a masterpiece from her experience as the KCSB Community Radio uh, leader, news director, and public affairs director before she went into politics and was a city council person and then now mayor, first Latina mayor in Santa Barbara history and a great champion of peace. Her proclamation I just read, I'm giving to all the mayors along the way. I gave the Tucson mayor, the Flagstaff mayor, asking them to respond with their proclamation on the theme of a, claiming a season of unity, harmony, and peace. So I'm going to read now a genericized version. Anyone can sign. Everyone can sign this literally or figuratively. Pass it on to your friends if you agree with it. It's the Great Spirit Relay Proclamation of a Season of Unity, Harmony, and Peace. Whereas everyone seeks to foster unity, harmony, and peace among all our relations, and whereas the Great Spirit, all my relations, Relay Marathon, Walk, and Caravan is being conducted from Santa Barbara, California to the White House, to inspire creation of local peace councils, promoting personal peace through the practice of unconditional love for peace in the communities and peace in the world. And whereas on its arrival on August 30th, 2018, the ceremony with the president in the circle will be offered featuring the global peace pole symbol of the message of unity, harmony, and peace. And whereas the global peace pole represents the tree of peace symbol of the great law of peace the foundation of the Iroquois Confederacy after which American democracy was largely patterned. Now, therefore, I myself do hereby proclaim today to be the beginning of a season of unity, harmony, and peace in my life, in my community, in my world. And I hereby encourage all of my friends to embrace the message of peace through love. In witness whereof, I have hereunto set my hand and affixed my signature. So then it's a place of date. This is a, a little fold-out flyer that you can download and print if you want. So, at this time, I, I want to bring up the idea of the Global Peace Forum. And this is the, I am sitting with Omao, who I met uh, two years ago through a mutual friend who uh, enabled him to come to the last days of our Spiritual Unity Summit that I had been working on over a period of a couple of years, um, trying to produce a more meaningful sequel for our Unity Festival of 1994 that uh, the organizers um, took inspiration from Banyaka's message in 1990 in Santa Barbara where he called the barbed wire fence between the Hopi and the Navajo the American Berlin Wall and that that should come down. They shouldn't be separated by force, this kind of thing. And uh, anyway, this idea of a gathering of spiritual people with the Hopi leaders to exchange knowledge. This is what Thomas 
continually asked about to come and meet the elders and exchange knowledge. The Tibetan Karmapa, uh, the Tibetan people did that in October of 1974, actually found they could understand one of their languages from witnesses I've seen heard from there. But uh, the idea is we want to, the, the Goal of Peace Walk has been across country two times now and annually from Santa Fe to Taos. Reverend Yamato has initiated this idea of a Global Peace Forum for the United Nations 75th anniversary which is in the year 2020, and that UN Day is October 24th, so he wants to do a long conference. We planned this in 2016 to happen in 2018, but couldn't pull it together. So we're re pushing reset and using the planning notes from before. And uh, wanna, from the information I got, the, this October 24th to 31st year 2020 project needs a $15 million budget. It needs to have six people they know what they're doing, paid 100000 a year for two years to pull it off. And so I'm targeting October 24th this year to raise that $15 million to put into the city of Santa Fe's committee that's working to pull this off to support Reverend Yamato's vision and uh, nominate some of the people for those positions to make it happen who are working right now together to make it happen. Uh, such as the producer Melissa Ballin from Hollywood, North Hollywood, who set this up, this radio show with Jason for me. And uh, then to, this uh, will be presenting in Santa Fe on our trip next week, but uh, practicing the sequel to two, yes, two years ago, we, met, we tried to pull it off in the Hopi land, but it interfered with the snake dance timing. So, Last minute, had to scramble out to the woods and set up a camp south of Flagstaff, a place called Kelly Canyon Road, which worked very nicely. Small turnout, but a very nice ceremony. Jose Munoz came, brought the crystal skull, comma, Timmy. Uh, I had the Global Peace Pole there, the Rainbow Uprising Peace Pole that still that has morphed into the Global Peace Pole. Then Omao came representing the Hopi, then the Mayan. The, the Hopi Eagle, Mayan, the Condor Union, the Condor and Eagle Prophecy Ceremony. Very powerful, small numbers, some video, photos online, but very special experience because Jose recognized the shape of the lattice structure I put up and asked to put it up in the side of his Mayan calendar rendition temple that we did at the Lucidity Festival in Santa Barbara. So that uh, has become, now become what we had there to support the peace pool is uh, now embodied in the middle of this Mayan calendar dream catcher that's going to Standing Rock and then uh, another 98 places, the Chumash land, Standing Rock, and 98 more places before December 21st, 2021, which marks uh, ceremonially the beginning of world peace as per the teaching, the prophecy of Mayan Jade Stone Princess, the Jade Princess, Peace that we have world peace starting in the year 2021. So again, um, I think I, I, I'm trying to introduce Omao and say that we were all. I was very impressed. Everybody was impressed at meeting him. Real down to earth uh, person, have, having a younger years experience of following the Great Dad and following the understanding the the youth, the culture, Western ways that. Uh, the thinking, nature of the thinking, and then now representing and, and, and uh, channeling the message of his people as a 
kind of picking up this the baton from Thomas Benyaka to champion the Hopi Declaration of Peace. So I have Omar on this double mic. I hope it works just right. And um, I'd like you to say hello and uh, maybe introduce yourself a little more in the way people would understand. And please give us your message for this occasion. Okay. Okay. New happy Omar Yan Hopi Matiwa, Tyler Tawang Vice Yan Hopi Matiwa. Well, my name is uh, Omar and Hopi, Tyler Tuangva in um, English. Uh, I'm Coyote Clan from the village of Hopbella. And uh, thank you for inviting me to be a part of this uh, podcast. And uh, I'm very supportive of David's endeavors and project and uh, feel it's important in this time to... Uh, take action, you know, um, and this is one way I see myself as taking action and uh, putting my energies into a good cause And uh, because we are at the end of uh, a cycle, as, you know, uh, Jose Munoz has uh, mentioned, you know, uh, the end of this calendar. And so we got to start fresh again and and in my opinion, this is the way we need to uh, begin our new new dawn. And uh, you know, uh, unconditional love. I, I was I, I heard that. I, I feel that is one of the things that would uh, definitely, in the attitude of many negative forces in the world now, you know, unconditional love would. Uh, I mean, I think unconditional was was practiced until recently, where uh, a lot of negative forces have you know come into play and you know forgotten that you know and the and, it, and you know the the it rears the ugly head of racism, prejudice, and you know things that are now coming into uh, play around the world, especially in the United States. And uh, we've never seen anything like that before. And in the Hopi way, you know, that's uh, not what we promote as a way of life. We promote, you know, unconditional love and, uh, you know, living a Hopi way of life, which means, you know, uh, Hopi, uh, just be... Just be uh, modest, you know, uh, and you know don't don't uh, provoke, promote, you know, all this negative attitudes, you know, because our practice is that since, as you know, it's pretty dry out here and hot, <laughs> and, and uh, we don't want to scare the clouds away, and <laughs> we want the rain pretty dry. That's what we used to subsist. You know, rely on to uh, bring moisture to our fields, and that's how we, you know, survived so many centuries because we promoted a way of life, which was, uh, you know, so, uh, basically conducive to you know maintaining balance of uh, you know between us and nature and you know the cosmos, you know, universe. You know, it, it's not just earthly; it, it goes. You know, because like you said, we respect the stars as well as you know the earth. So it's not just earthly; it's a uh, universal where we promote 
our way of life and continue to try to maintain that. And I was, as I was mentioning yesterday, you know, there is something that struck me that, you know, even now we're struggling. You know, uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of modesty has, you know, been uh, overlooked by certain individuals, and you know what the, uh, the practices in the past are no longer being uh, respected, and so we have to tune into back into that, you know, dial back to that place we were and you know uh, hopefully it's not too late but you know this is what we continue to need to um, to uh, I mean we just can't give up (laughs) (laughs) and that's I I respect Dave's you know uh, uh, drive to bring about this uh, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of energy behind him i mean he's done his homework he's uh he's has he has a lot of uh knowledge behind what his work is now so you know um it's just not something that i mean he's worked on this at i mean 40 years uh, at least <laughs> so he's put in a lot of effort and so i i i, I uh support that and uh you know like i was talking to him spirit moves us and spirit just comes into play and I happened to roll in like four minutes before the podcast so <laughs> that, that was spirit you know I dialed him uh pocket dialed him this morning and that was spirit calling him so it's, it's a good thing it seemed to happen when I'm around David so I mean that's a good sign that you know we're in it he's doing uh you know when when we uh collaborate here we, uh we're we're in a good place and good energy, and you know, uh, I've I've ha- I haven't had nothing but good experiences with my uh, time with David. So I, I take that as a good sign that you know he's on the right path. That like the prophecy rock, you know, up the street. You take the you know the corrupt way, you know, and that's filled with hardships, and you know it's a jagged line, mm-hmm. but the uh, the way of the uh, Hopi way of life is smooth and you know not bumpy and rocky like that. So that's why that's why they. Uh, I guess remember we were talking about that in Flagstaff. You know things just happen right if you're on the right path and if you're tuned in the spirit. So and uh, I see this me being here as a part of that as well. I'm glad you feel that way. I feel the same way. I it's like being in the zone here and uh, it feels really good. I'm going to submit a proposal in Santa Fe um, to the mayor and the city council there who are interested to uh, sponsor the Global Peace Forum for the United Nations 75th anniversary, August, I mean, October 24th to 31st, year 2020. And in that proposal, I'm going to recommend that the Omaha is uh, listed as the convener of the conference for the reason of uh, everyone respects the Hopi authority, cultural peace, long time. And uh, I, I told them all you have to do is you put your name as a convener and then that means you ask everybody to get together and then everybody else does the work. So he's okay with that. And uh, now I want to introduce the person that we're going to look to to do most of the work. 
and that's uh, the producer that I uh, connected with more deeply after meeting her a few years ago and learned more of who she is, Melissa Ballin. And I have her on the line here, and I'm going to see if I can click the right button to bring her into the conversation for these last 10 minutes for her advice and feedback because I want to put her name down, if it's okay, in my proposal as the producer of this United Nations 75th Anniversary Global Forum. Now, let's see. Did I did I do that right? Are you on the line, Melissa? I'm... Hello? Hello. Oh. <laughs> did you Hello. Did you me, David? David, it's Jason. Okay. Um, very good. Hi, Jason. Uh, is did I? Are you the one that was on hold then? And then uh, that's not Melissa. Yeah, I'm, I'm the other is one on hold. I'm loving your show so far. It sounds great. Keep going. I'm encouraged. Okay. All right. Well, I thought that was Melissa on the line, so we'll bring her in in a future uh, conversation. And uh, I appreciate your feedback. I'll just go ahead and finish up here with Omar then. Please do. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Okay. I hope I did that right. Uh, okay. Well, um, technical glitch, but uh, we have eight minutes left. So I want to thank Omar very much for that uh, testimony and his message, which is very important. This, uh, you started out the, uh, in the Hopi Declaration of Peace, it just simply says the Hopi means peaceful people. And any people that learn to live in peace can be called Hopi people. This is Banyaka's interpretation of his elders' message in this document, which he asked me to keep circulating as sort of the essence of his life's message. That's why I term it as the, the essence of the Hopi prophecy teaching to, that promises uh, peace in the future as this declaration of peace is accepted, uh, we can count on that. That's why it's one of the first three symbols on this little peace pool. Uh, the first two, because of their historical precedents, one from 2,200 years ago and one from 1,000 years ago, of ending war and violence simply by the message of peace being accepted in the format that it was needed at that time by the people that were needed to present it at that time. And then the, those two historical precedents, in India and then the Iroquois and Six Nations precedent, supported uh, supported like foundationally by the this theme of the Hopi Declaration of Peace. That was the that was the original intent of the first three symbols on what was then called the Rainbow Uprising Peace Pool that we offered first uh, when I met Melissa actually in 19, uh, 2014 at the National Occupy Gathering in the capital, state capital of California, and I prepared one of these kind of like a rainbow barber pole looking thing with this three set of symbols on it, and I had communicated with Governor Brown. I thought I had enough to uh, get a response offering him this peace pole and its message of peace to put in the lawn of the state capital. But uh, given the context of the Occupy gathering and the, the tension, when I displayed it and started to set up an altar and chanting at the steps of the Capitol. The cops came and said, you got to move it or we're going to take it. I said, well, you know, the governor hasn't responded. He knows me. I've had tea with him. and We communicate by email, but his bureaucracy 
secretaries, I guess he hasn't responded yet, so i got to wait here for him to see what he says. And uh, this is a ceremony, and I can't move the peace pole. So they said, you got to move it over yonder behind that yellow line, or we're going to take it. So they came back five minutes later and said, are you going to move it? I said, I can't. And they said, so we're going to take it. So that's when Melissa swooped in as an intermediary to make sure, wondering if I was going to get arrested or what would happen. They arrested the peace pole. So to my way of thinking, that was okay. They took it into custody for Governor Brown once he understands what's going on. Um, but that's how I met her, just a really uh, amazing, effective person in the, that mediation. And then just barely got to know her a little bit until this uh, visit a couple of weeks ago to Hollywood, where I spent uh, North Hollywood in the L.A., Venice, the whole area, where I spent a week with her meeting people, Amazing, wonderful folks and supportive of the endeavor, and uh, she's taken this bull by the horn like I never expected. Um, that's what happens with this great spirit relay. Some people, wow, that's interesting. I, I like that. And then uh, some people, the spirit moves, and just, they they got to be involved. I don't, I don't have to ask them. They they got to be involved. The same with uh, Mulcogi saying there in in Tucson, wonderful brother. Uh, previously uh, practicing the Sun Lotus Priest and the, all of our people, a few people walking, chanting Namo Myoho Renge Kyo together in Tucson. That's why I added it to the schedule because his strong energy. So we have strong energy coming from some city like I think hopefully Taos will add uh, that to the schedule uh, as well uh, June 8th after the 7th. So we have four minutes left. Um, Well, I think that uh, as long as we stay focused, this can come together. And, you know, I think that two years ago when we convened it, even though there was a small crowd, it was a powerful event. And, you know, it's just uh, quality, not quantity. (laughs) It's It's always my motto. So you had some pretty heavy hitters there, and there was a lot of good energy. So. You know, it's a matter of getting the right people at the right place. So I, I firmly believe, uh, you know, by a new it'll happen. Very good. Okay. This is uh, one of the things I learned uh, important in learning other languages. The saying thank you in the Hopi, the man says kwakwai. And a woman just used a different word, Asquale. And I heard that a lot yesterday between the women thanking Asquale, thanking each other. So in the last uh, minute here, I want to explain that we have uh, a couple of minutes. This uh, Spiritual Unity Summit, August 20th to 28th this year, in Greenville Park National Park, camped there for nine days. This is a sequel to two years ago where we had the similar theme gathering with Omar and Jose Munoz and others in the forest south of Flagstaff. But this time, if people come through with the funding, which I don't have, I'm just, this is my retirement and, you know, hobby with a very little income, fixed income. But the people support it. We want to bring real heavy hitters to this spiritual summit in the, Washington, D.C., to carry to digest these messages and proclamations we're carrying and, and input, and then carry all that to the White House. So please support. You can uh, donate to me. This is an individual project. I don't have any organization behind me. 
using PayPal at paypal.me slash, and then David Crockett Williams wouldn't fit. So it's Davy, D-A-V-Y, Crockett with two T's, Williams, paypal.me slash Davy Crockett Williams. Could really use your support to gas money to get on the road. I haven't bought to, even dared to buy food from the donations I've gotten so far. I calculated at $350 or something like that. It's gotten me this far, but no. So, again, hashtag GR8 Spirit Relay will get you uh, all our social media contacts. Most of, a lot of it's happening on Facebook. Um, the schedule goes from here to uh, Santa Fe, June 7th, uh, noon to City Hall, walk to the state capitol, uh, then Taos, the Friday, June 8th, walk around the block at Taos City Hall, and then on across the country. So this is going to end here in a minute, and I'd just like to say uh Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Melissa and Jason, for this uh, nice setup on the blog talk. Thank you, Omar, for being here. Thank you to all the people who have helped along the way uh, in Tucson, Wokogi, and Wave, and Zoe, and Mark out at the ranch, and uh, the wonderful uh, Courtney Cross, who the security guard at the Tucson City Paul, who's all over this project with flyers and helping to spread the word there, and the wonderful response from the mayor's wonderful response from the mayor's secretary and Flagstaff. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes tomorrow. Noon, Flagstaff, Wheeler Park, Gold Peace Bowl ceremony, send off the relay across the country. Thank you very much. And I'm your whole you Okay. Okay. Does it tell you how many people are listening? No. Uh, let me see. It's recorded now, so so people can um. Oh, all right. Can see it. What happened? You, the, the wrong number. You dialed the wrong number on that lady. Well, one call was on hold, and I could tell it was on hold. Oh. But, and she told me she was going to be waiting on hold. Oh, I see. But it didn't tell me who it was, so that's why. Oh. Thanks to me, they can still hear. Oh, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just Who texted you? Melissa. Oh. She just texted me now saying. Uh, oh, she was listening. Oh. She was listening. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure other people were listening, but the, the interface doesn't tell me who who were listening. Oh, that's cool. Um. And Jason, the guy who set this up, was listening. Okay.